This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 34, Ringing It In. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh, welcoming you to a bright and shiny 2011. As this is the first episode I'm recording this year, I might do things a little bit differently. Coming up, of course, I will be announcing the winner of the November-December donation incentive drawing for the wonderful wonderful moss box donated by Spindies. I have a little tale about my vacation knitter's Christmas miracle. I've got a little bit about the year in review, a little summary of my crafting for 2010 and the Christmas Conquest 2010 achievements, and a little bit of extra stuff about what we might see in the year to come on the podcast. But first, I would like to kick this episode off with some special, special year-end thanks. If you recall, I started the podcast in April of this year. We started out with, you know, a handful of listeners. I think the first week or so I had maybe like nine or ten downloads, and that was so exciting that people had actually found the podcast. And it is hard to believe that after just eight months My listenership is up to roughly 2,500 people per week tuning into the show. That makes me happy. Really, really happy. So, of course, to everyone who is tuning in to listen to me every single week, thank you so much for joining me and listening to my little adventures. I so greatly appreciate it because without you, there wouldn't be a podcast. In addition, special thanks to everyone who has taken the time to donate to the podcast and to everyone who has given me reviews. Also, there are all the folks that follow me on Twitter, and those of you who are active in our little Ravelry fan group. Your support, and your contributions, and of course your your hints and tips and tricks, and all of the stuff that you have sent me over the past eight months has been fantastic, and I absolutely love every bit of it. And of course, I want to send out a very, very special thanks to my lovely knit group, the people who support me and provide me with an endless amount of knowledge and joy just hanging out with the ladies in my knit group. I love you guys. Thank you so much for another fantastic year. And of course, I cannot forget those of you who have taken the time to sponsor the podcast. So far, we have had the wonderful folks over at Spindies and, of course, Rachel over at Diabolical. Thank you guys so much for everything you've contributed to the podcast. Well, that's enough of the gushy stuff. Let's take a minute to look at my past year. Of course, if you've been following the podcast from the beginning, you will know that this all kind of started because of my trip to Maryland Sheep and Wool. I was ramping up for my trip and got so super excited because I was going to be hanging out with some fantastic podcasters. This Jackie from Kipping It Real, Jasmine and Gigi from The Knitmore Girls, and Megan from Stitch It. And I just got so overcome by all the podcasty goodness that I thought I would try to start my own. And that's how this all started. I had so much to say about what was going on and getting ready for that trip that I just had to get it out and share it with somebody. 
And there you guys were, to soak it all up and listen to me. And this year brought me back to sewing. And of course, that too kicked off with Maryland Sheep and Wool. There was the 150 goodie bags that I sewed for the podcaster meetup at Maryland. And the bug kind of bit me there, and I hadn't let it go. In the past year, I have conquered a lot of my knitting fears, including color work, uh, knitting an entire sweater. And just the other day, I went through my 101 and 1001 days list, reviewed it, and got to check a whole bunch of other stuff off of the things that I had planned to accomplish in my crafting life. There are still a handful of things that I haven't gotten to, but I have until sometime in September to get those all knocked out. In the past year, I knit over 7,200 yards, and that is just an estimate by all of the stuff that I managed to actually enter into Ravelry. I know that there are a few things that I didn't get uploaded there, so I'm not sure where exactly I would count those yards, but I, when I actually added it up, I was really super shocked that I'd knit that many yards. But I think uh, Dear Husband's sweater really contributed quite a bit to those numbers. And of course, Christmas Conquest 2010 helped out quite a bit as well. So that's what I've done in the past year. I took on a couple new crafts, I started a podcast, and I am completely overjoyed to be sharing it all with you. So I guess it is time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I have for you a little Christmas Knitter's Miracle. As you recall, I traveled to my mother's house for the holidays, and what we had planned to do was spend a little time learning how to spin on the spindle. And I had every intention on showing my girls how to do such things as well. And it actually went pretty smooth. Like my mom had done a lot of pre-research and looked at, of course, some fabulous Abby Frankemont videos and looked through one of her books to try to at least get an idea of what was going on with spinning. And she had a little bit of advantage there because she did her research, which made my job a lot, lot easier. So we really only had like one good night of instruction when it came down to learning to spin on a spindle. And I got both my daughters and my mother all spinning at the same time, which was pretty awesome. My mother had gotten me some fantastic, beautiful fiber and a wonderful, lovely Jenkins Purple Heart spindle for Christmas. It's beautiful. I love it. So I got to play with that while they were all learning new tricks. It was pretty awesome. Now, in addition to teaching my mother and my daughters how to spin, I taught my husband how to knit. Yes, really. I taught my husband how to knit. We'd gone through the motions once before, and he made himself the wonkiest little, like, six-by-six-inch square that you've ever seen in your life, and gave up and put it down. But he decided, with all the craftiness that had been going on, and after watching me churn out hat after hat and scarf after scarf in Christmas Conquest 2010, that it couldn't be that hard. So he decided he wanted to make himself a hat. So I cast on for him, taught him how to knit, taught him how to purl. And here is where my little... Christmas Knitter's Miracle comes in. So we're all sitting around my mom's living room doing our crafty thing. My dad was at work because he just loves to work. He spends actually quite a few hours working. He has a part-time job as a produce man in a local grocery store just because he loves to talk to people. And he interacts with them 
during his evenings because the man has no hobbies. That's what he does. That's his hobby. Produce guy. It's pretty funny. So it was me, my mom, my two girls, and my husband all hanging out in her living room, crafting away. So I stood up and like the TV's off and we're all just chilling. And I stood up and I'm playing with my new Turkish spindle. And I look around and realize my youngest daughter's knitting. My husband is knitting. My mom, my daughter, and I were all spinning. It was fantastic. I could not believe that like all the people that I love the most in the world were participating in my favorite crafts with me over the holidays. It was awesome. It was like dreamy. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of knew a little bit about that. And I have been warned that my stash is now at risk of being borrowed and dug through by other people. But I think we're okay. I have a lot of pinks. I don't think my husband's going to dive into the stash there. But it was just really awesome when I realized what was happening around me. I could not believe it. Since then, my youngest daughter is continuing to knit. She's not a super fan of the spinning, but that's okay. She went back to knitting, which is pretty awesome because she had totally given up on that and decided to just work on crochet chains for the rest of her life until this Christmas vacation. She's already about three inches into a scarf that she's making out of a beautiful yarn she picked up when we went to the local yarn store in my mom's town. And my oldest is bound and determined to figure this whole spindle thing out. She made some super duper lumpy bumpy yarn, but she was doing it and felt totally good about it. My mom has a really bad habit of like petting the yarn as she's trying to spin it and not holding her pinch tight. So she was totally letting her twist into the fiber. It was hilarious, but she was totally enjoying it, totally loving it. And I think that's going to stick as well. Now, when we were traveling back from my mom's house, we stopped at a friend's house. My friend Una, a wonderful Irish woman who is a sheer joy to be around. And she dragged myself and my girls off to the bookstore that she works at early the morning we were going to leave so we could check the place out. And by the time we returned, my husband had started on his own his second hat. And in the car, he was telling me about his color selections for his third hat. I couldn't believe it. We've been home for like six days now and he is still working on his hat. Unbelievable. Knit an entire hat, started a second, and has plans for a third. And that, my friends, is the story of my Knitter's Christmas Miracle. And now it's time for spinning my wheels. And in the past two weeks, of course, I had continued on my Christmas Conquest 2010 efforts. And when it was all said and done, I had made six hats, three scarves, three cowls, two pairs of gloves, and I can't remember all the other stuff, but it ended up being like 16 items. I actually made four hats on my Christmas vacation trip. The first and second day of driving, I finished a hat and cast another hat on. They're really, really simple hats. They're basically bottom-up hats, and I started off with about an inch of garter stitch and then transitioned into straight stockinette until they were, you know, hat size. And then I decreased and bound off. Well, I wasn't exactly sure what, oh, I only got through one of the deer hats. 
I really didn't like it. I thought I could have done better, and I decided not to cast another on. I decided to do more bang for my buck and do those simple hats and some simple scarves instead. And so I had this gigantic pile of knitted goodness, and I didn't know how I was going to distribute it. I had only two items had homes. I made the two helmet liners for my neighbors, specifically. What I wanted to do was make sure that their spouses had something. And my neighbor Byron is married to my neighbor Jamie. Don't I sound like a genius? <laughs> anyway, my neighbor Jamie is the girl who accidentally gets socks from me. And so I already had her tag for that. But I ended up giving my other neighbor, Eric, his wife and his two well, his soon-to-be baby and his son, hats that wouldn't fit adult-sized humans, that were in the Christmas Conquest 2010, because most of those hats, I pretty much just picked a ball out of the bag, started to see how far I'd get. The first hat I made for Christmas Conquest 2010 was out of that Rowan's Biggie print, and their baby son, Eric, loves it. The kid hates hats, but he would not take it off. It was pretty awesome. So I wasn't exactly sure though how I was going to distribute all this stuff. And as it turns out, my husband, we had everybody over actually, because we were gone during Christmas day, we had everybody over for a New Year's Eve party. And there were other neighbors there as well. So my husband's like, just go get the hats, just go get the hats. So I went up to the craft room, put all the stuff on, like I actually put all the hats on my head put all the scarves around my neck and carried everything else downstairs and just started passing it out. And everybody loved it. If like, I think two of my neighbors like got something, I just handed them something and they ended up switching with the person sitting next to them. And it was totally awesome. It was a huge hit. I felt accomplished. I had all the stuff that I made and I had wonderful recipients for these gifts who really, really appreciated it. I gave my brother-in-law, Marty, the deer hat because, yeah, he would just totally appreciate it. And his wife actually said, hey, that's hand wash. Is that correct? Because I always hand wash the scarf that you gave me last year. And I can just do that the same way, right? Oh, my God. So wonderful to know that my sister-in-law cares enough about the knitted items to use them, one, and then care for them properly. She got the cutest little wool hat from me, pink. It fits her skin tone perfectly, and it was just totally an accident. I handed it to her because I thought she'd like it, and she does. She loves it. And these are the people that live around me, and I'm just so happy that everybody got something, and everybody was totally happy with their Christmas gifts, and it really didn't take that much effort on my part at all. I really enjoyed all of those little projects, and hammering through, like, 16 to 20 balls of my yarn and getting it out of my stash. That was pretty awesome. And that's pretty much all that has been taking my attention in my crafting. Ooh, my mother-in-law, she cracks me up. I knit her a hat. One of the Christmas Conquest 2010 hats was for her. And hers was out of a Morehouse Merino. That is super duper awesome. Lovely, lovely soft. I absolutely loved it. She tried it on and she was like, oh yeah, I wish it was just a little taller. So I actually ended up ripping back, adding two inches to the height so that it would fit her head. But I'm glad I had the extra yarn to do it. And I'm glad that she will be happy with the end product. My mother-in-law is not super picky. 
it was just funny that because she was totally afraid to even say anything to me it took her like three days to say oh yeah if it was just a little taller it was hilarious but i'm so happy that i got to give all of my neighbors and friends a little something from me that i know they all appreciate and that really really is all i've got going on in spinning my wheels but i have super big plans for what is ahead and i'm about to share that with you in the segment to come Alrighty, folks, it is that time again. It is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. But this time, it's going to be a little different. I'm going to add a couple little things to this last little portion of the podcast to include what I've got planned for the year to come. I would like to make some little minor changes to the podcast that I think would make me very happy, and hopefully they will make you very happy as well. Nothing major. I promise. But in the year to come, here are a few things I've got planned. One, last year I had one fibery event that I attended, and that kind of kicked all of this stuff off. And this year, I only have the budget and the time to attend one fibery event. As we talked about last week, I will be attending Camp Kip right here near St. Louis that is being hosted by Jackie of Kipping It Real. And as the great procrastinator that I am, I just filled out my registration on the 2nd of January, and I have yet to uh, pay my deposit. I'm really sorry, Jackie. I promised to get on that, and I know that I'm not the only one out there who is like that, but I did get the paperwork filled out, and that makes me happy. But that will be the one and only Fibery event I will be able to attend this year, so I really, really hope that some of you can come out and join us there. It is promising to be a fantastic time. And just over the Christmas break... The Knitmore Girls announced that they will be coming to Camp Kip. That is awesome. I have not seen them since Marilyn Sheep and Wool, and I am super duper excited because they are some of my favorite people, along with Megan of Stitch It Podcast and, of course, Jackie. And I am super duper excited that I will be able to see, I believe, Deb in Atlanta is coming as well, if you've seen her over there on Ravelry. In terms of other podcasters, I know that Rue from Knit Sense is coming. And Silly Fru will be there, I believe. Abby Knits from Knit Knit Cafe is trying to pull it together and trying to attend as well. So I know some of us are kind of scrambling to get our registrations and deposits in so that we can make the official final list of podcasters attending. There is talk of daily yoga and of a finished object fashion show. And I think that I might uh, push for a pajama party because I think hanging out in flannel pajamas, tank tops, sipping on wine, and knitting or spinning, or whatever your heart desires. Sounds like a fantastic idea. So that is a fibery event that I will be attending this year, and I hope to see some of you there. We can't start talking about that over on the boards. I will link to the Camp Kip website and to the Camp Kip Ravelry group so that you all can check out what's going on with that. It, oh, I'm really excited. That's going to be awesome. I just cannot wait for it. It is going to be a good time for sure. In addition this year, I am, I've got a little cooperative effort, a little venture working with another podcaster, and that is going to be some fun. That's lined up for spring, and I will have more details as that comes about. I'm going to make some minor tweaks to the show itself. Um, I might add or subtract a segment. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do that or what it will end up being. 
but I promise it won't be dramatic. And I would also like to be able to do some more stuff on the show that sparks some more interaction. I'm not super good at being a joiner, and I think that a lot of my listeners are the same way. I I lurk a lot on the boards and and also do so like on some of my favorite people's blogs, but I don't always post or join in, and maybe I'd like to change that in the year to come. So I'm hoping to do a few things that will make our group a little bit more active over there on Ravelry. That would be fantastic. And the first change that I am making for the year 2011 is that I am sadly not joining the Rocking Sock Club this year. I know, it's sad, but financially, it is not in the books for me. I've got Camp Kip to pay for, and I have got so much sock yarn, it's not even funny. I am ashamed of myself as a knitter. Do you know how many sock patterns I have not knit? It's unbelievable. So the first thing that I'm going to do, and that I would like to see you guys participate in, is a flashback sock knit along. There are so many patterns I have not knit. And I'm hoping that over the next week or so, you guys can help me decide what the first pattern of 2011 will be. I have not knit monkey socks. I've not knit jaywalkers. Pomodamus has not been knit by these hands. I've never knit a cookie A pattern. Can you believe that? I know! There are so many sock patterns that I have queued. I mean, like Laburn. Haven't knit those either. Totally want to. I bet I've got the yarn for it in my stash. So I'm going to start a thread over on Ravelry. I'd like to start a little discussion. I want your recommendations. Are there sock patterns that you knit and love over the past who knows how many years that I've totally missed out on? Is there something that you would like to knit again and join me? Is there something you wanted to knit that you missed out on and that you totally skipped? I know. I'm not cool. I was not knitting all these other socks when the rest of the world was, but that's okay. I'd like to try it now, and hopefully you guys will join me. So we're going to do a flashback sock knit along, and like I said, over the next week, I'd like your help deciding exactly what pattern I will knit, and then you guys can join in with maybe a pattern you wish you had knit but never got around to. And I hope that in the next year, we've got a few more of these things going on. Some knit-alongs, maybe some more contests, and definitely some more interaction over there on the board. And hopefully, I'll get the chance to see some of you in person at Camp Kip. And that, my friends, is all I've got. Besides, of course, I know I totally made you wait for this. I will not end this episode without announcing our winner of the November-December Donation Incentive Moss Box Drawing. And the winner of that is Susan Shields. Congratulations, Susan. By the time this episode airs, I will have contacted Susan and put her in touch with Spindies so that she can get that Moss Box shipped off to her and start enjoying that wonderful, wonderful fiber. Thanks again to everybody who contributed to the podcast over the months of November and December. And hopefully during the next episode, I will be announcing the next donation incentive. This week's song is changed by Pets and Trees. And as always, you can check the show notes and get all the details from this episode at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at joyfulgirlmits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl or... Follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl made. 
Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Destiny, I want to tell you, comfort me. I'm going to show you what to do. It's not going to change you. To me, eyes full of rules and consequence. I'm gonna take you far from here. It's not gonna change you. Hand upon this like a father Change you.